Hello, my beautiful burns, and welcome to today's episode. So today's episode is definitely a more a science, a sciencey episode. So due to that, if you're here for social psychology, I have put two listener questions, both about situationships that I kind of delve into at the end. So it's juicy, it's exciting. We love talking about situationships because we've all been in them. So if you're like, oh, is it all going to be science? It's going to be a mix of both because this is science heavy. Love that shit. I had a lot of fun slash it was intense trying to put this together. And then the end is a lot of fun. Now, before we do get started, I do want to say a massive thank you to everybody that has been sharing this podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the community. We have a great community. Um, if you want, please join the Facebook group. It is uh, Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. You just have to answer a couple of questions and then you're let into the group. Um, so, And also thank you to everyone who's bought the merch. It has been flying off the shelves and it's so cool to see people upload photos of their merch how they're wearing it on the Facebook group and tagging me in Instagram. So that is so cool. Honestly, you're doing God's work. And this is coming from an atheist. You're fucking doing God's work. Um, sharing my podcast, uh, getting your friends to listen to it, sharing it on social media. It honestly fills my heart with joy when you share it and we can keep growing this community. We have listeners Oh, I need to bring back my shout out to Global Beans around the world, but we have listeners all over the world and it is just so cool. So if you guys could just continue to keep sharing it, keep expanding our community. Another thing that's really good about this community growing is that I feel that as a lot of people get older, and when I talk about older, it could be from 20 to 25 or from 30 to 60, it doesn't matter. But as people get older, and especially if you're someone who's really on this journey of self-development and, you know, really improving yourself in all these areas, a lot of the time you find that the friends that you used to align with, you don't really align with that much. And you're looking for new friends that you align with. And that's perfectly natural. Or it's not saying you want to throw your old friends in the bin, but it's like, I need to find people that I align with, some, some more friends that I'm more on a wavelength with. And when that happens, people are stumped. They're like, where where do I fucking find these people? You know, where do I find these new people that I'm aligning with? And already there's been so many people on the Facebook group that have had meetups in the States. We've had meetups in Canada, definitely New Zealand, and of course in Australia. And people have become friends over the podcast and discussing similar topics and how they got to where they are and how they've grown. And that to me is probably the, my favorite thing that's come out of the Facebook group, the fact that it's been a platform for people to meet other people. So if you're looking to make a friend, jump on the page, see who's put a call out in your city. And if they haven't, put a call out yourself and see if anyone happens to live in that city. You can even be pen pals with someone. It's just a great community to make friends with like-minded people. Um, yes. Anyway, let's get, let's fucking get into the topic of today because it's intense. I pulled the information for this episode from a lot of articles on, you know, Science Direct, PubMed, textbooks, all the above, okay? So there's a lot of different reference points that I used to pull this, all this information together. But basically what I'm going to be talking about today is understanding how to combat oxidative stress and how to slow down aging. And I think this is a good topic to cover because obviously I'm not going to do a brain fact, by the way, because this whole thing is basically a brain fact. But I think it's really important because I'm sure all of us have heard the term oxidative stress. And to an extent, we get what it means, right? Like oxidation and stress 
But what exactly, the, what the fuck is it and how does it affect us and why and how do we combat it, okay? So I want to talk about oxidative stress and what that can do to your body and your brain, how to understand what free radicals, oxidants and antioxidants are specifically. And like we always hear shit like high in antioxidants, foods, high in antioxidants, like the fuck is an antioxidant? I'm going to explain that. What reactive oxygen species are what you can be doing to combat this for your brain health, to stave off neurodegenerative disease, degenerative diseases in general, accelerated aging, and so on. And what behavioral interventions you can do and what foods you can have or what foods you should be avoiding um, to piece all of this together and put it into place. Okay? Good times. Let's get straight into today's episode. Okay. What is oxidative stress? It is stress that occurs due to an imbalance of the production of free radicals versus the rate of elimination of these free radicals, okay? And I'll go into free radicals in a second. But we've got – so free radicals can be good and bad for the body depending on what they're doing, what their purpose is, and also the amount of it, okay? But the imbalance is the issue, When there's less elimination than production of free radicals and and, um, oxidants, then the amount of these oxidants and free radicals is higher than desired and that is what causes oxidative stress or oxidative damage, okay? This is basically where damage is occurring to a whole range of biomolecules within your body due to these high levels, okay? Because they're not being eliminated, they're not being you know, um, balanced out. Okay. So this is pretty much the foundation for a lot of diseases, arthritis, cancer, autoimmune diseases, definitely neurodegenerative disorders and diseases as well. Now, what is a free radical? So a free radical is a highly reactive molecule. Okay. So it means it's basically a molecule which contains an unpaired electron and they're looking to take an electron from another molecule, okay? So if you uh, – this actually – there was this doctor on YouTube explaining this, and I fucking wish I got his name, but he explained it really well. He goes, imagine you've got a plate that's spinning because when you think of an atom, it's kind of you've got this spinning thing with, with, um, with electrons on it, right? And if you've got one electron on either side of that plate, it's balanced. So as it's spinning, those two weights are balanced and it keeps spinning round and round and round. You might have two, four, six, whatever – but these electrons are balanced. If there's an extra electron in there, it's now off balance and it goes off and does something that it's not supposed to do because it's not spinning in a balanced way. That's kind of like the anecdote that he used and I found that a really good way to think about it. So it's now got a weight, quote unquote, that's kind of weighing it down and making it behave differently to how a balanced um, atom would perform. So now that you're thinking about that plate, you've got this extra electron it's uneven and it's now looking to pair the electron by by um, taking a, an electron from another molecule now free radicals are associated with metabolism and other processes and if all the conditions in your body are normal and everything's regulated and balanced then it's not a problem the issue is with imbalance like i was saying before this imbalance and oxidative stress can cause damage to your DNA and your proteins. And this can be damaging to your cells and therefore damaging to your tissue. So skin, muscle, organs, everything. And that's what 
then causes like a faster rate of aging. When you have damage to your DNA and your cells, of course, um, the, the rate of aging and how you age is going to be affected. And also your health span. So you might live long, but how many of those years are actually healthy where you're performing at optimum levels? Because with aging, aging is characterized as a progressive decline in cell function. And as oxidation targets cells and the mitochondria, um, aging is pretty much accelerated if the balance is off. Now, as I said before, free radicals are not necessarily bad if you've got a good balance, okay? A free radical can also act as a signaling molecule, which might be necessary for the body to carry out a function like apoptosis, which is like programmed cell death and all sorts of things, okay? So it's necessary for a lot of things, these free radicals or these oxidants. When you have a virus, for example, your immune system releases these kind of chemical weapons that will attack the virus or the microbes. And this creates oxidation on purpose. Like hydrogen peroxide is an example of this. And our own immunity creates this oxidation to fight and kill off a virus. Now, a kind of example that is good to think about, if you look at like an apple, when you cut an apple in half and you look at the reaction of the apple and oxygen, you notice that it soon begins to turn brown and that's oxidation. But if you put an antioxidant on it, like lemon on it, it stops it from oxidating. It stabilizes this oxidation and it doesn't go brown or it slows it dramatically, slows down the process of it going brown. And what an antioxidant does is it is giving an electron to the unpaired electron, okay? So, or to the unpaired single electron, so that way it's now a pair. You are stabilizing this atom. What was before unstable, like the spinning plate I spoke about, it's now stable and it's not causing oxidative stress. It's not going around trying to steal an atom from, uh, uh, sorry, an electron from other atoms and causing damage. And the damage is the browning of the apple, this oxidation, okay? So uh, an antioxidant is basically giving a, an electron to this this um, fucking atom that needs a, a, a partner to its electron. And if these roaming oxygen atoms with like an unpaired electron pair up with another atom that's not an antioxidant, then what's happening is it gets stuck to certain atoms in the body where it shouldn't be. And when this happens in excess, it damages certain cells. And when you damage a cell, you can cause it, not you, it can cause damage to the lining of the, the cell membrane. And when the cell membrane is damaged or when it's compromised, then it's not protected against what can enter the cell and what can exit the cell. It's not, it's not kind of regulated um, when it normally is protected. And this can cause a lot of damage in your tissues and that's one of the main things that's going to increase your aging, okay? So this is in the body but it's also in the central nervous system in the brain as well. And our bodies make oxidants and antioxidants, okay? So this is something that is made by the body but it is also something that you can get from the environment, foods, environmental situations, whether it's good or bad. So if you look at outside sources – uh, oxidants, examples of this are smoking, vaping, poor diets, anything that's, you know, for well, not one of the things is things that are in high and refined sugar, being exposed to pollution, inhaling pollution, uh, high levels of sun exposure, all of these things and a lot more can contribute to high levels of oxidative stress. 
And before you think oxidative stress is all bad, I did mention that there was some good. I do want to talk about the necessary role that it plays for the brain and the body. Now, a little bit convoluted. Stick with me on this one. It's a bit but hold on tight because I tried to simplify it. There's a lot that I've left out, but I've tried to simplify the process a bit. So in your cells, every single cell, there is something called mitochondria, okay? Mitochondrion, singular, mitochondria, plural. And it's a bunch of these cell organelles that are bound inside a membrane. Well, it's actually two membranes. And it exists in every single cell. And its purpose is to generate most of the energy needed for the cell to perform its function. So it basically powers the cells, the powerhouse or the powerhouses of the cell. And the energy that the mitochondria produce is stored. So it produces this energy and it stores it in a molecule called ATP. And I'm sure a bunch of you have heard of ATP, especially if you're really into, you know, training and exercise and those videos where they talk about ATP, ATP, and that is adenosine triphosphate, ATP. And that powers all kinds of energy in the body all sorts of things. And for an example, like muscle movement, as an example. Now there's a process called oxidative phosphorylation, which occurs in the mitochondria, the, you know, the things that produce ATP. And that is one of the major sources of ATP. So in the mitochondria, while it's producing ATP, you're getting something called oxidative phosphorylation. So this is really, really important. This oxidative phosphorylation is required to help produce ATP. And a byproduct of all of this happening is the production of reactive oxygen species, which is ROS, R-O-S, and also reactive nitrogen species, which is RNS, along with a whole bunch of other radicals. Now, when all these levels are normal or low, it's actually essential. So we're talking about mitochondria within the brain. It's essential for the neuron to perform and develop and maintain its regular function. Okay, we need all of this to happen. We need oxidative phosphorylation. We need this ROS and RNS and these reactive, you know, radicals at the right level. But excessive levels can be damaging. But back to why it's good, ROS can generate properties that are essential to many functions within the brain and within your neurons. So one of them is called LTP, and this is long-term potentiation. This is a process where you have consistent strengthening of synapses between neurons. So if you have recent patterns of activity between cells, for example, if you're trying to practice a movement and you repeat the movement, repeat the movement, repeat the movement because you're wanting to get better at it, you get something called long-term potentiation, LTP. When this happens, you get long-lasting transmitting or signaling between two neurons. And this is crucial for learning and consolidation, for example. And the stronger the pathway, the better the brain performs. And this is synaptoplasticity, like 101. So it's only when these levels of these, you know, ROS and RNS are excessively high that protein oxidation occurs, which can cause obviously degeneration of neurons and cells and basically decline in function of that neuron, you know. And if the levels are too high, we get the opposite effect on LTP where you don't get long-term potentiation and or it's just reduced significantly. And therefore it affects signaling between neurons, it affects neuroplasticity, it affects synaptic plasticity, and it affects overall brain performance, okay? So when you look at healthy levels of oxidation or you know oxidative stress, it's necessary within every single cell to have 
a level of it. You need it to function, okay? But we're talking about when this becomes excessive and things that contribute to it are other potential stresses or other oxidants and also a lack of antioxidants within your body that help stabilize that, okay? So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at how do we reduce the oxidants that we can control in our environment because you're not trying to reduce what's going on naturally in your cells, but how do we reduce excessive amounts from our environment, but also how do we increase antioxidants so it helps stabilize the levels in our body and brain so we age normally or we can stave off this intense aging, you know, we can expand our health span as well. So now that we have a bit of an understanding of oxidative stress and what it does to your body, um, let's discuss some ways that you can protect your body from this oxidative stress. So you can have more of a balanced level of antioxidants for, you know, neuroprotection and, you know, to reduce the rate of cellular decline or aging. Okay. The first one I'm going to cover is surprise, surprise, physical activity, which is also includes exercise. So exercise and movement in general. Okay. It improves antioxidant defense when you exercise, uh, such as it increases levels of, of endogenously produced glutathione, which I'll go into in a sec. It also reduces lipid oxidation in all ages. And studies found that older people who are physically active, like we're talking elderly people who are physically active, have antioxidant levels similar to young sedentary individuals as opposed to sedentary older individuals whose levels were way lower. So this basically is demonstrating how exercise is a really, really good way to stave off age-related oxidative stress and uh, degeneration. Now, there are some articles that talk about how if you train really, really hard, it's going to cause more oxidative stress than not. And I want to clarify that because there, you know, there might be some people that say, well, I heard that if you push yourself too hard, blah, 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 blah. This is more so when we're talking about the concept of overtraining, okay? If you are an individual that doesn't really train, and then you decide to go out and absolutely annihilate your body three times a week until you're on the floor dying, you're fucked, that is absolutely going to cause oxidative stress, okay? So it's important to A, give yourself time to recover when you exercise, and B, to train progressively. That is super important to train, to train progressively. You need to teach your body how to adapt. You'll be amazed at how adaptable your body is when you give it the correct environment to do so. And the correct environment is obviously to be patient with your body, but more importantly, well, as importantly, is to put an emphasis on rest and recovery and things to help in your recovery, you know, adequate, adequate sleep, you know, the right foods, hydration, you know, not loading yourself with emotional stress either, that kind of thing. Okay. But if you're absolutely training yourself to legitimate exhaustion where you can't move, then yeah, that's definitely going to be an issue, uh, especially if you're just starting out and no adaptation has occurred yet. Okay. So this is overtraining and overtraining is not ideal, but that doesn't really happen that often. In general, because of this adaptive response that the body has, people who reg do regular exercise, even 
at high levels of intensity have much higher levels of mitochondria and lower levels of accumulated ROS, that which is reactive oxygen species. When I'm talking about accumulated levels, I'm talking about excessive levels that are not needed, not the levels that are needed um, with long-term potentiation and that LTP that I was talking about. Okay, so they've got lower levels of accumulated ROS and higher levels of mitochondria, okay, which is the energy-producing part of the cell, basically. Um, and that is compared to non-training individuals. So no matter the age, exercise and physical activity is absolutely crucial and you recover from not just exercise but any sort of illness or anything a lot better when you have progressively adapted to training harder and harder and harder, okay? You give yourself adequate rest, you do all of that, but you're because you're producing natural um, variants of antioxidants within your body and lowering your levels of oxidative stress, you are, your cells are a lot better protected, you're a lot healthier, you're less susceptible to cell damage and, you know, early onset aging and degeneration and things like that, okay? Now, I mentioned glutathione earlier in what exercise helps increase these like endogenous levels of antioxidants and one of them is called glutathione. So, it exists in two states. You've got your reduced, which is GHS, and oxidated, which is GSSG. But let's just refer to glutathione. It's – what is it? It's a tripeptide. It's composed of glutamic acid, glycine, and cysteine. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that one. And it's present in the liver, okay? Your body makes it, but you can also get it from your diet. So, you know, cruciferous veggies, things like broccoli, um, radish, shit like that. It – basically prevents cell damage and it helps remove chemicals from the body, okay? And as you get older, you make less and less of this naturally, okay? It also gets depleted when you're stressed. Um, it also gets depleted when you eat excessive amounts of sugar, when you have disease of any sort, when you take drugs as in prescription or recreational, any kind of medication. If you have just a poor diet in general, excessive drinking, obviously smoking, vaping, all that kind of stuff is going to contribute to the depleting your levels of glutathione, okay? And by the time you reach, it's around 50 or 60, you've got like a 50% reduction to when you were younger than 30, okay? But this thing is absolutely amazing. It is a scavenger for oxidants. It detoxifies, you know, the, the oxidants within the body and it assists in recycling vitamin C and E throughout your body, which are also incredible antioxidants. And there's a direct correlation between people with high levels of glutathione in the cells and mitochondria and individuals who have a healthy lifespan or like a long health span, I should say. And when the levels of GHS are depleted, and low, it is very closely associated with Alzheimer's. There's a lot of oxidation in the brain here when we talk about Alzheimer's and, and any kind of neurodegenerative, neurodegenerative disorder like dementia, et cetera. Parkinson's, ALS, asthma, autoimmune disease, um, hypertension, myocardial infarction, liver diseases, cystic fibrosis, accelerated aging, and way, 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 way more. Okay. So you want to ensure that you're eating these cruciferous vegetables, of course, and exercising to help increase your natural levels of glutathione, okay? And when you think you might be under a lot of stress, either by disease or being sick 
or exposed to a toxin, then that's when you want to kind of increase this amazing antioxidants. You want to increase these foods in your diet. Um, there are supplements for it, but they uh, haven't really read into how effective those supplements are and how bioavailable it is for your body. I'm not sure. So maybe good, maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, it's also a really, really great treatment for disease prevention and treatment. Okay. So it, it is really one of the best antioxidants. And if you can get your hands on these veggies and regular exercise, then 100% you want to be doing that. Now, what are things that you don't want to do? You don't want to eat a lot of sugar in your diet. And I'm the worst person to talk about that because I have a fucking sweet tooth and my life is a just, well, I wouldn't say a battle. That's so dramatic, but I'm always like, oh, eat less sugar, Alexis, because I have a, such a sweet tooth. But absolutely do not be eating excessive amounts of refined sugar in your diet. It is just not good. It creates a lot of oxidation, just not good for the body, especially in high amounts. Omega-6 fatty acids, excessive levels of iron. We're talking very high levels of iron. Of course, we need iron, absolutely. But, and it's, I don't think it's that common to have excessive levels of iron, but that can cause oxidative stress. And a big one, not consuming enough veggies. People that never have any veggies, you know, it's not just like, oh, I have veggies to be healthy. It's because it fights off oxidation and it fights off cell um, degeneration, neurodegeneration, disease, all of these things. You'd be surprised at how, you know, um, beneficial just a fucking vegetable, a bell pepper, a fucking capsicum is going to be to stave off disease. It sounds so basic, but a lot of what we are supposed to eat and do is basic as fuck. You know, when you look at all the science and the data, it's really just bringing it back to basics of what we truly do know is the right thing to do. Um, what else? Reheated oils, fried food, deep fried foods. If you have a lot of that, it's going to you know contribute to oxidative stress as well. Absolutely. If you're eating a good amount of veggies, then you are consuming a good amount of antioxidants to combat oxidative stress. So just pump through veggies. You also want to focus on omega-3 oils, um, cumin, vitamin C, vitamin E, berries, cocoa, dark chocolate's great. We love that. Low sugar, high in cocoa, uh, artichokes, just fucking vegetables, guys. Black pepper, uh, if you vape or smoke, I know I have, but uh, ex expect it to affect your aging and your health span without a doubt, without a doubt, okay? So you are equipped with the information. You have the information. Uh, if you want to not just look young, because that's just an added bonus, but to feel young and to use your body to the maximum time frame that you can, then you need to be putting these things into practice because it's all well and good to live to 100 but you don't want to have so much degeneration that you yourself don't know you're, you know, you have a neurodegenerative disease or you had a stroke that it's left you for the last 10, 20 years of your life completely, you know, not living a healthy life or, or a, uh, a fulfilling life. Okay. So when you look at your life, you want to be focusing on your health span, not your lifespan. Well, I mean, ideally both, but the health span is what you want to be focusing on. And these are the things that will directly directly help increase your health span. And if you want to look hot, they're going to make you look hotter. So tick, 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 tick. Okay. If you want beautiful, healthy skin, if you want to feel vibrant in the mornings, if you want your muscles to perform better, if you want to be able to increase your muscle mass at a later age, these are all the things you need to be doing. Okay. Um, 
Good times. That was my very extended brain fact episode for the day. But I thought it was just good because I feel like we all hear about antioxidants and oxidative stress and free radicals. So I thought, let's just break it down. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Next week, we've got some interesting episodes coming up. We've got things on the, we've got an episode on the ick coming up. We also have an episode on FOMO. And this is so interesting because, um, yeah, I also had like a listener story talk about how to deal with somebody who has terrible FOMO. So I'm going to be covering all of that in the FOMO episode. The ick episode is actually hilarious. The amount of things that people sent in on what gives them the ick, it just made me realize that there's probably so many things that I myself have done that I'm not even conscious of that someone had the ick over. It's so funny. Um, Anyway, let's uh, have some listener stories that I promised you earlier. All right, listener question. Hi, Alexis. I love your pod and I'm very glad it's back. So am I, sis. So am I. Um, I hope you could give me some advice on the following. Unfortunately, I always attract guys that don't want a relationship. They are interested in me. They care about me. They want to spend much time together. They want to form a deep connection and even would want to live with me most of the time. But they don't want to label it as a relationship. In the very beginning, I always bring up that I'm looking for a relationship and then they say they are open to it. Then after two to three months, the situation above occurs and it turns out to be a situationship. And for me, it is then very hard to let go. Can you please give me some advice at what to do in this kind of situation and how to prevent this from happening again and again and again? Thank you. Kind regards from the Netherlands. Love that you're from the Netherlands. This is just awesome that it's reaching everywhere around the world. Okay, firstly, unfortunately, there's no way to completely prevent this from happening. However, there's certain things you can put into place to help it become less likely for this to continue to happen. The first thing that I want you to do is to look at all the situationships you've been on. And this is where it's really painful, but you've got to bring a lot of self-awareness or just situational awareness and see if there's any behavioral patterns that you can identify that have occurred the same in all these situationships or similar in these situationships. For example, how how was their communicating style? Um, How are they with introducing you to their friends and making you feel like part of their life? Because it's easy for them to be part of your life, but are they doing everything possible to, for you to be part of their life? Are they um, asking you questions and showing interest in you? Because in a lot of situationships, it might not feel like it at the beginning because it's very exciting and any kind of energy you get from that person is good enough, right? But it's not Not in every case because there's some people that you get completely blindsided and I do acknowledge that. But in a lot of situationships, it's hard to admit to yourself, but often it is kind of one-sided in the sense that you're probably the one asking more questions. You're interested. You're intrigued. You're coming up with ideas. You're doing this. And the other person is passive. They're like, yeah, for sure. Roll around. Yeah. Like they're like, here's this awesome person who's making plans, this and that. They're good for now, but they're not my person. But fuck, they're they're coming up with all these ideas, all these things. I'm going to roll with it. 
And that's what ends up happening. So you've got to identify, is this happening in this situation? How much am I giving versus what this person is giving? Because I can guarantee you, someone that's willing to put in effort, effort says a lot. And someone that's going to put in effort, not just in asking you questions, you know, but but how do they show you that they care? What favors are they doing for you? What are they doing to take time out of their day to do something for you? How are they including you in their lives? How are they including you in their friendship circles, family, all of the above? Is it equal? Because a lot of the time it's not. I'd say 99% of the time in situationships, it is absolutely not equal. One person's keen, the other person's passive as fuck, thinking I've got it sweet and this is more entertaining than being single, so I'll just be a part of this, okay? So you need to start to identify the patterns. The moment you see these things um, the moment you see these things arise, you address it then and there. I know you did say that, um, you know, you you um, mention that you are looking for a relationship and they say that they're open to it. When you start dating somebody, obviously you're not going to say, we have to be, this is it, we're exclusive. Obviously there's a period of time. For some people it's a couple of weeks. For some people it's a couple of months. But there's a period of time where you're not exclusive and you're, you know, getting to know each other. But there's going to come a time where you want to make a call. Like you said, you know, here you are talking about a situation where you'd almost live with some cunt and then they're turning around and saying, oh, I don't want to label it as a relationship. That to me absolutely blows my mind, but I'm also not surprised because some people can be absolutely like cooked beyond measure. Um, But you want to set yourself up to not be – to not feel like somebody has to protect your feelings, okay? You've got to be so honest with somebody, so honest, but get them to be honest with you. So what I mean by this is if someone sees that you are really in love with them and they care about you as a person but they don't want to be with you, they're probably going to string you along further than necessary because they don't want to hurt your feelings, okay? In response to that, what I would do in your situation is because I can guarantee you, you you rip the Band-Aid off, feel the pain now and don't suffer later versus suffer long-term because you're dragging it on. So what I would do is I would have a very open and honest conversation with this person and say, look, I can't determine where we're going to go. I really like you. I want a relationship out of this. We can't determine that right now. I know it's early days. However, never, never try and protect my feelings. That is my job. Don't omit information to try and protect my feelings because you're taking away from me the power to choose. Don't string me along. Don't waste my time. If I'm here hanging out with you, it's because I want to be. If you don't want to take it where I want to take it, then I don't want anything, okay? I'm not interested in a situationship. I get you're a legend, but there's a lot of legends out there. This is what I want. If you want it and you want to work towards it, great. If not, don't ever be worried to hurt my feelings ever for a second because I can handle that. All I ask is the truth because the truth I can handle. What would be fucking annoying is if you waste my time. That I don't handle as well as the truth, okay? So for me, I personally think, you know, hit them between the eyes, look at them and say, all I ask is honesty. Do not fuck with my time. Obviously, don't say it so aggressively because they'll be like, whoa, this person hates me. Say it gently, but say, you know, I'm not interested in you wasting my time, not interested in any of that. If you want to walk away, people are allowed to walk away, but don't string me along because you don't want to hurt my feelings because 
I'm okay and I can handle that. I'm more resilient than you give me credit for. Just don't fuck with my time. Okay. So hopefully that helps you. But like I said, it's impossible to completely determine who's going to you know, stuff you around in a situationship or not, but look for the warning flags based on your past experiences and be as even more open and honest um, and see if that helps. Hopefully that helped. Okay. One more story. Now I thought I'd also do this story because it's also about a situationship. Okay. Hi Alexis. I really need your help. So I've recently met a boy four months ago who pursued me and I pursued him back. Everything was going well. And then he all of a sudden said he isn't emotionally ready to be in a relationship with anyone. He felt overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. My dumbass said that we could be friends with benefits because as, as you call it, I'm a weak dog. Love that. But it turned into us literally just doing the same thing, hanging out, dates, having dinner, etc. Plus, he said he only wants to be friends with benefits if we are only getting with each other. He is also avoidant attachment, so I don't know if that matters. How chemistry, how is the chemistry so good? I just can't let go of even though he said he won't commit to me. Why can't I accept that he just doesn't like me? Is it even worth sticking around? Okay. This this is my, my theory of it. You can only accept the information that is being given to you. You're not a mind reader. And it, is, it would be a shame if you were to waste precious days, weeks, months of your life trying to read someone else's mind. So given that, you take what you are given. If they tell you something, accept it as the truth. If someone says, I don't like you in that way, Thank you so much for the truth. I appreciate it. Okay. So when you ask, is it even worth it sticking around? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. You have better shit to do with your time than invest evenings, days, your sex, your time with someone who's like, eh, eh, eh. oh, that makes me sick. Makes me sick for you. Makes it like if you felt the same way as him, brilliant. Absolutely do it. Love casual sex if both people are on the same page. Love everything about it. But if you're here being like, I like you, then that sex is a waste of time. It's a fucking waste of time. It's a waste of emotions. It's a waste of your emotional roller coaster and then having to feel better and do things that make you feel better because you feel shit because you then remind yourself that they don't like you. It's too much and it's so unnecessary. Okay. You have the information you need. You have to cut the cord. And, and if this guy, is so avoidant and deep down he actually loves you but just doesn't know how to say it, you can fix that problem by saying to him, I am not angry at you. I've uh, literally created this situation for us and I have rolled with everything you said but I've had a thought, I've had to think about it and I've changed my mind. I now only want to see you in the capacity of us being romantically, you know, dating and I understand that's not what you want. If you change your mind, I'm literally a phone call away. However, do not call me under any circumstance, no matter what, unless it's that, okay? Not angry, not pissed off, but this is what I need to do for myself. Please don't waste my time contacting me if it's to be casual fuck buddies again. I'm not interested. I'm bored. I am bored, okay? And when you say I'm bored, it's just such, it's such a good word to use on people because it's, it's, you're not angry, you're not pissed off. They can't then turn around and th think, oh, well, you know, they're still really emotionally engaged. I can still try and hang out with them because I know they really like me. Just say, I'm bored. I'm not interested anymore. I like you, but not enough to fuck myself over to be able to fuck you, okay? Not 
interested. So here's the offer. I'm a phone call away if you're interested in dating me, but this has an expiry date and I can't tell you when that is because I don't need to. But that's it. That's the deal. And do I think you should rip the Band-Aid? Absolutely. Do I think you should stick around? Absolutely not. Hopefully that helped. Guys, that is all for today's episode. I love you guys so much. Uh, As always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Don't care.